coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios in Dark Fringe Radio. And welcome to Dark Fringe Radio. I am your host, Will Martinez. And thank you for joining us tonight on Dark Fringe Radio. And listen, we got a special one for you tonight. And man, it's a it's going to be a real, really, really, really good episode. But before we get into all that, of course, my co-host with me every week, as always, Jay Galosi. Jay, what's going on, brother? Hola, como esta? Muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. So, uh... Yeah. And that's the extent of my spin. <laughs> well, man, we got a really special episode of the podcast tonight, man. We uh, scored a huge, huge interview with uh, Mr. Steve DeShally from the Travel Channel's The Dead Files. So we'll be getting to that interview later on. But uh, before we do all that, Jay, you know we got to do the little intro and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, man. Mailbag. Will you tell me? Get pumped for the interview. It's going to be a great episode. Great Absolutely. episode. I'm really excited. Absolutely. So let me remind everybody how uh, you can follow us on social media. We're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All you have to do is look up at Dark Fringe Radio, and uh, you can find all our information there. We're constantly posting uh, new information, um, you know, new things that are coming up in, you know, horror movies, uh, anything uh, to do with conspiracy theories, UFOs, uh, secret societies, all that stuff. We post that on uh, those uh, social media. So make sure you follow us and you share all our information and you tell a friend or foe about us. So uh, we appreciate you guys doing that. And how to listen to the podcast, Jay. How, how do they listen to us? How, I mean, how do these people get this greatness of audio uh, quality uh, in their ear? Just, you know, orgasmic quality, just podcasting orgasmic quality in their ear. How do they... <laughs> How do they get this unbelievable stuff, man? Please. You are high on the hog tonight, bro. Oh, yeah. Ah, that is for this orgasmic ear fucking of a podcast. Uh, <laughs> the way you get it is you can go anywhere you get podcasts. Oh, by the way, trademark. Play, trademark. Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of it. You can get all of it straight up in your ear bones. That's right. And you can just uh, make sure you subscribe when you go to any one of those uh, outlets to listen to our podcast. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and uh, make sure you leave a comment. It really helps us out, and it's uh, your way to pay us back for a very uh, quality podcast for free. So we appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, so that's it for the intro, Jay. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just keep those comments coming in. We've been getting a lot of support. The support has been increasing uh, episode by episode, so we really appreciate that. Well, listen, that uh, brings us hey, to... Hey, yeah. you, started, you started this shit. You I started did. it. I did. I now did. you got to deal with it. I, uh, yeah, I, guilty as charged. So that brings us, of course, to the next uh, segment of the podcast, which is the mailbag, of course. Jay, are you ready for the mailbag? Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. Uh, as ready as Freddie Mercury would be ready for a mailbag, sure. Oh, boy. So uh, the first one comes from uh, Taylor Burton, by the way, of Buffalo, New York. And uh, Taylor has to say, uh, oh, subject of the email is Bilderberg Group. Uh, so uh, the Bilderberg Group, you know a little bit about the Bilderberg Group there, Jay? Bilderberg? Yeah, Bilderberg. Or Bilderberg. No, not Bilderberg. Bilderberg. <laughs> 
No, it's oh, build a bird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I thought you were saying build a bird. I'm like, no, I've never heard of build a bird. Build a bear? Got you. Build a bird? No, build a bird. No, I do not. Now, that's my Smirnoff uh, slur going on tonight, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, the Bilderberg group, <laughs> trying to enunciate properly. Uh, but yeah, no, this uh, Taylor writes, uh, hi guys, Taylor from Buffalo, New York. Don't know if you guys are into secret societies or not, but uh, a pretty interesting thing came out in the news the other day where Donald Trump Jr. Uh, was uh, outed to have actually been attending a Bilderberg uh, group meeting. Um, and as we all know, uh, that is actually one of the secret societies that supposedly, uh, Jay, you know, is uh, manipulating, controlling, you know, advertising, so on and so forth. You know, one of the big ones out there. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I did see that, uh, Taylor. And thank you for uh, sending in that um, question for the mailbag. Uh, that's great. And uh, we appreciate it. But, yeah, I did see that in the news. I laughed at it and I could say what? I mean, yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, I, I see that. He uh, attended that meeting. It's obviously out at this point. So, you know, it looks like the Trump administration has infiltrated even the secret societies at this point. So uh, what do you think about that, Jay? Either, either they've infiltrated them or they've been a part of them for the reasons why Trump is president. And uh, they just got caught with a pants down because, you know, yeah, millionaires, wealthy family, you know banging porn stars but a bit of a boob kind of makes a mistake doesn't really look like he worries about the tidiness or or the uh you know the overall visual of his uh, appearance not that he doesn't look good i mean more the the social outlook uh doesn't really give a fuck what people think and i could see how they might have just let a little bit of the cat out of the bag. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, that's a hell of a theory. And, you know, a lot of people do subscribe to that theory, too, Jay. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising. I mean, like a lot of people do say that these presidents are handpicked, you know, years in advance. Uh, you know, there's 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 a connection there. And uh, there's a lot of people that have written a lot of books that have uncovered a lot of information that supports this theory. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting that uh, you brought that up, Jay. So thanks for, uh, you know. Uh, putting your two cents on that one. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, next one comes in from uh, Donnie Hilton from Toronto, Canada. So uh, Donnie uh, writes, hey, guys, uh, calling in, actually writing in from Toronto, Canada. And uh, I was wondering if you guys have seen any horror movies as of late that have actually been of quality. The reason I ask is because... Uh, last year, it seems like uh, horror has tape, tapered off. Tapered? He didn't put that right. It's supposed to be tapered. Uh, tapered off uh, towards the end of the year. And um, looks like there's nothing else that has come out as of late that uh, was pretty, you know, or worthy as, uh, you know, things of last year. Thanks for uh, the podcast, and I would do appreciate it. So uh, thanks, uh, Donnie, for sending that in. Um, yeah, that was a pretty confusing email. Just didn't write very well. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying here. Well, there's a whole French-Canadian to English conversion. That could be it. That could be it. But, um, but Donnie, yeah, listen, thanks for sending in that email. Um, but, yeah, listen, I have seen um, the last horror movie I saw was on a plane uh, back from L.A., which was called The Prodigy. And um, that was actually pretty good. I guess you wouldn't call it a horror movie, more of a thriller. Uh, but, Jay, it had to do with this kid, man, that um, he ends up um, 
He ends up being back in his bitch up. Well, no, no, no. He ends up being born. He's like this super intelligent kid. But then you kind of figure out why he's this super intelligent kid uh, because of kind of like a reincarnation of some kind of serial killer kind of issue. So, yeah, it's really right. confusing, man. But it's a fucking really good, thrilling uh, movie. And uh, the end, of course, will leave you with your mouth open. But, yeah, I uh, I definitely would recommend that one. Um, that's I've you, seen lately. Um, have you seen anything like that lately, Jay? You didn't. Well, first, you didn't get the joke, the prodigy joke about smack his bitch up. Uh, no, I didn't get that. No, now I get it. Thanks. A little slow tonight, Jay. So it would have been better had I said he was a fire starter. That would have been an instigator. See, there you go. That would have yeah. been it. My bad. That's my bad. I like to back my bitch up better. But either way, <laughs> I digress. Actually, uh, I don't remember if I talked about this already on, on an episode. A few weeks ago, my uh, my daughter had us watch this movie called Cargo. Oh, yeah, yeah. You did talk and about that a little bit. Yeah, it, it, uh, just to kind of quick recap, it's a zombie movie. It's not a zombie movie like any other zombie movie. It shows how people transform from humans to zombies. Uh, and it shows this family of three trying to survive the zombie apocalypse as the whole world falls apart around them. Uh, it's a father, a mother, and then they have this infant daughter. Uh, and basically, it shows the level of a father's love and how this this guy literally as he's transforming into a zombie is walking his daughter to, to safety spoiler alert if you ever watch cargo that's basically what happens nah. but it's still really good there's a lot of interesting things and twists and turns i don't know if i consider it a horror per se uh and there's not a whole lot of like jump out thrill parts but there's definitely some tension uh there's a lot of uh depth to the story uh, the acting is pretty good on, on some behalf. The, the main character, the father, uh, I think he does a, an outstanding job. So it's an entertaining movie. I definitely walked away from it going, that is not what I expected it to be. Yeah, no, that's so, cool. That's awesome. pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Um, you said that was Cargo, correct? And that was on Netflix? Correct. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, listen, Donnie, thanks for uh, sending in that email uh, for the mailbag. And I uh, hope we were able to uh, answer your question, uh, Jay's suggestion with Cargo and my suggestion with The Prodigy. So, uh, yeah, check those two out uh, as far as horror movies are concerned. Uh, that will what we recommend as of late. So, uh, anyway, so that's it for the mailbag, Jay. So, uh, next on our list uh, for tonight, before we get into our interview with Steve DeShavi, um, is, of course, Will You Tell Me? And, uh, of course, uh, for our new listeners, uh, this is a little bit of a segment where we, Jay asks me a very complicated question, and so I try to answer it uh, to the best of my ability. Either I know the answer, or I try to really bullshit my way through it. So, uh, and Jay uh, is the, uh, of course, uh, the scorekeeper at the end to either tell me I'm full of shit, or I'm telling the truth. So, Jay, this week, what do you have for me for Will You Tell Me? So, for Will You Tell Me... I decided to keep it a little bit lighter. I think last week I went a little too softball on you with the, uh, I can't remember what the, the hell I asked you. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's got it right. It's late. It's late. It's okay. The week, the week before that was the walking womb, uh, which I feel like was a little too hard, and, and both of them were just a little too serious. So uh, this week I tried to lighten it up a little bit. Uh, Will, you of course know the song, the classic kid song of Yankee Doodle Dandy, correct? Yeah, of course. 
Will you tell me what the song Yankee Doodle Dandy is about? What the song Yankee Doodle Dandy is about. Um, I believe Yankee Doodle Dandy was about Paul Revere uh, during the uh, Civil War. or No, the um, of course not the Civil War, but the Revolutionary War. And uh, I believe it was about him. Um, I don't know much more about that, but I believe it was about him. I could be completely wrong. Uh, you are completely wrong, but it was a valiant effort. <laughs> it was a valiant effort. I, hey, listen, I tried. So what? what is it about? Did, Who is it about? You did try. Uh, so it was actually written in England as a disparaging song about America and America. So it's a diss track uh, about America. 1750, okay, we were, we were still a colony. We still belonged to Europe, but we were starting to gain... That's, this is where things were starting to, uh, to turn. Uh, and we were starting to have the conversation about uh, stemming off and becoming our own. Uh, there was a lot of civil unrest in the Americas over what was happening in England, taxation, uh, you know, improper representation, things like that. So the first stanza of the song goes, Yankee Doodle came to down riding on a pony. He stuck a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. Yankee Doodle, keep it up. Yankee Doodle dandy. Mind the music and the step and with the girls be handy. So really what it means in the 1750s, Yankee was a general term of contempt. Doodle refers to a lowly provincial person, someone of, of uh, poor upbringing, poor wealth. And Dandy was a meticulously well-dressed man. Uh, at least these are according to the 1700s terminology. Uh, so as it's roughly translated, basically what it says is this, this country bumpkin come along on a pony, not a horse, a pony, stop merely sticking a feather in his hat would turn him into a suave, sophisticated man like a European man. Mm-hmm. So the song was meant to piss off and upset and hurt the feelings of the Americans. But during the Revolutionary War in 17, uh, right around 1781, after George Washington won the battle at Yorktown against Lord Cornwallis, uh, it suddenly picked up as more of a, like an American anthem. American soldiers would sing it right. almost, to, almost in reverse as, this is what you say of us, and yet we're still kicking your ass. It's like the end of Eight Mile. Yeah, there you right? go. Right? And everybody's been saying about how Eminem is white, and he's poor, and his mom's a slut, and they live in a trailer. And he came out in the final rap, and he's like, I am white. I am poor. My mom is a whore. What do you got to say about him now? I do have nothing to say, and Eminem won. That's basically what happened. There you go. I like that analogy better. That's awesome. So, well, listen, uh, thanks for that for this week for Will You Tell Me, and uh, you got me this week, Jay, and uh, that's it. So we're going to be getting into uh, next our interview with uh, Steve DeShalvey of The Dead Files uh, from Travel Channel, and uh, I had a great time with him on the phone, and uh, uh, it was a great interview. I had a great time with Steve. Uh, He was a gentleman and also very funny. So I hope you guys enjoy our interview with Mr. Steve DeShalvey of the dead files hey this is marie d jones best-selling author and paranormal researcher and you are listening to dark fringe radio this seems like a possession my name is amy allen everything was built on blood i see dead people very disturbing i speak to dead people there's victims around him and they speak to me. Her voice sounds like death. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. The living don't stand a chance here. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve DeShop. 
I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. You could have got killed. And I know every person, every house has secrets. This is coming straight from hell. It's my job to reveal that your mom was murdered right here in this room. Yes, she was. But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. This was just the beginning. <laughs> when we uncover if it's safe for you to stay... Oh, my God. ...or time to get out. They're very bad. This house is going to kill me. And thanks, Dark Fringe Radio listeners. Wanted to welcome a very special guest to the podcast, one of the stars of the hit Travel Channel television series, The Dead Files. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Steve DeShalvey. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and coming on the show. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, man. Listen, first off, I wanted to say I'm a huge fan. I've been watching since the very first season. It's a big deal to have you on the show. So I really appreciate you coming on. Steve, I did a little bit of background on you. You were born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. You know, you stay, served in the United States Marine Corps, and uh, thank you for your service. And you're also a 21-year veteran of the New York City uh, Police Department as a homicide detective. That's uh, a pretty impressive uh, resume there, my friend. Yeah, I don't look at it that way, but I, I guess from the outside looking in, it can be. I, you know, I'm just, I never really thought about it much, to be honest with you. No, I hear you. I understand. It's just, that's, it's just been my life, so that's. I don't think it's any special. People tell me, oh, I write a book. I'm like, oh, write a book about what? <laughs> <laughs> your experiences, the things that you've seen with your eyes. Yeah, that's I, what it I, is. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, it, nothing I do and nothing I, I talk about is anything to do with the paranormal. <laughs> but I've never had an experience and, you know. Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that in a second. Um, but um, let me ask you this. How did you go from being a New York City homicide detective, 21-year veteran, and working on a paranormal television show. How did that go from one extreme to another? Because that is a pretty um, big extreme. Yeah, it's a long story. I'll try to keep it brief for you. Um, basically, uh, ABC News did a documentary on the NYPD, and I was a featured detective in the first episode of a seven-part series that was called NYPD 24-7. Okay. So they, we, got, we were being followed with a cameraman for 18 months. Um, while I was working homicides and, you know, doing, uh, missing persons, not missing persons, but, um, missing persons in regards to like, uh, we pretty sure the person was dead, you know, and they followed us for 18 months and, um, you know, a year after that, the show aired, um, I was still an active uh, member of the homicide squad and, and working and that was it. I retired a few months after that happened, maybe a year after I should say. And then, uh, I get a phone call from some guy in Hollywood asked me if I want to do television. <laughs> there you go. It turns out, yeah, it turns out some network executive saw me on this documentary and he had been p- pitching this show about a private investigator to them. And he said, well, I saw this guy on television. He'd be really good for TV. And, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do television. You know, like, I didn't think it would go anywhere. Right. And we did a few pilots together. And, uh, you know, as far as nothing to do with the paranormal whatsoever, you know, I never even thought about the paranormal and the networks were all like, oh, he's too New York. He's too rough around the edges, you know, bada beep, bada boop, all this nonsense, you know? So <laughs> I get it. I understand. Next thing I know, um, he calls me up. He says, listen, uh, there's a show I'm doing. I think you'd be good for it. And he as soon as he said the word paranormal, I said, let me stop you right there. It's not going to happen. I'm not doing a paranormal show. And, you know, because every paranormal show I've seen, 
to me, honestly, it wasn't worth watching. Yeah, I get it. I understand what you're saying. Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and nothing to knock anybody. But for me, I'm like, well, I don't find this interesting. Somebody being scared on camera and with a flashlight and listening to some voices and, and you know, he's running through the hallways or she's running through the hallways. I'm like, okay, how is this supposed to be exciting for me? Or how, how am I supposed to be interested in this? So for me, I just like, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, we, we discussed it. And I, and I said, listen, if we're going to do it, we're going to either do it as far as, well, I'm just doing the investigating part, and that's it. And I have nothing to do with the paranormal end of it, and, and that's exactly what we came up with. So, yeah, and I think that's, that is basically yeah, yeah. I think that's the 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 difference between your show and all the others. Um, that's the the difference, I believe, and that's what separates your show from everyone else's show uh, because you just take that side on as your side, and you do a, a hell of a job, by the way, collecting all that information, you know, going through all that information, doing all the historicals and everything. Um, you know, that's a, a lot of work, I'm sure. That's what separates, I think, your show from everyone else's when it comes to the paranormal. So that's that's very intriguing, and you know, to know that's how it all started with you and, you know, getting on the show. Let me ask you this, Steve. Um, you being a 21-year veteran, uh, you know, the Homicide Department in New York City, I'm sure you've probably seen some pretty horrific crimes in your time there. When you go on location and you start to, you know, unravel some of these, you know, uh, you know, historicals and, you know, documented history and crimes that have occurred, um, are you surprised to see some of the things that have occurred in some of these, like, rural areas that you've gone into? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I, I When it comes to that stuff, I, I'm shocked by it. I'm like, wow, I can't believe, you know, this guy had six bodies of a family he just killed underneath yeah. This one room, you know, uh, basically lean to type of uh, farmhouse. Right. You know, and take, took over. And this happened like in the 1890s or something. I'm like, so, so just, I'm like, Jesus. I mean, this stuff really <laughs> happened in the middle of nowhere. Right. And uh, I'm like, wow. You know, and it's the stuff I come across, I'm like, oh, man, I wish I was working on that case. So, right. man, it must have been something to, you know, do this investigation. So, uh, yeah, I am surprised by a lot of the. Not so much the stuff that happens in the city, but I am surprised about some of the stuff that's happened in rural America, so to speak. Yeah, I could imagine. I could imagine. So for those that don't know, you and um, your co-star medium, Amy Allen, you guys travel all across the United States. You guys help individuals that are having unexplainable you know, paranormal phenomena in the house or their place of business, uh, per se. The twist is, is that you investigate, of course, the history, the land, the building, the house. You examine all the police records, census records. Um, I'm sure medical records in some cases too, but you know, I'm, I'm sure, uh, you know, and then separately Amy does her thing and she goes into the place and she picks up what she can, you know, from her mediumistic, you know, powers and abilities. And then together you guys come together and kind of, you know, formulate what you guys found together. That's pretty much how the, the whole, the, the whole uh, show comes together. Right, Steve? Yeah. I mean, it, it's basically it. I mean, me and her don't talk at all. We don't even stay in the same hotels. Um, and, you know, at the end of the, the, you know, end of the case, that's the only time we see each other. Once in a while, we're running to each other on a, you know, at the airport, but uh, there's nothing, uh, you know, our show is what it is. You know, it's, yeah. there's nothing, um, it, you know, it's, you know, I got two things going for me, my integrity and my reputation. And I'm not going to do anything to damage either one of those things just to be on television. No, I understand. So when people always ask me, you know, Oh, is it legit? She legit? Or uh, you guys really don't talk? Uh, 
I'm like, no, it's legit, and yeah, right. we don't talk. I mean, um, you know, why would I jeopardize anything I've worked so hard my entire life for? Of course. Uh, just to fake something on TV. I mean, people, and I'm, I'm not making any life-changing money. Yeah. I live in a very humble home, right. you know? Right. I mean, my divorce killed me, but, you know, that's another story. That's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, yeah. But for me, um, you know, being on TV is not what it's cracked up to be. People think it's all a life of glamour and glitz, and it's really not. It's Sleeping a lot of hard work. every week. And, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, and speaking of which, I mean, you're doing this investigating. Like I said, you're going through all this information, all these records and all that. They have to condense these episodes, and of course, into an hour, uh, 45 minutes. Of course, you take out the, the uh, you know, the, uh, yeah. the commercials and stuff like that. How long does it normally take you to actually do all your investigating on your side? I film about 60 to 70 hours of footage a week. Wow, that's a lot. Okay. Just, 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 just me doing interviews takes about 60. 70 hours. Wow. Probably an interview uh, will last an hour, and you'll, you'll see two minutes of it on air. That's correct. Some interviews last an hour and a half. You'll, you, you know, you'll see two minutes and a half on there. And, you know, I get it. It's part of TV. It's what it is. But, uh, you know, I get frustrated sometimes, and I'm like, well, why? I'm like a monkey just sitting there that just says, <laughs> yeah, wow, yes, right. oh, well, yes. you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's television, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, we put 80 hours total in a week yeah. of uh, all, all the filming, and that gets, gets condensed to 42 to 44 minutes. Yeah, that's so, amazing. And, you know, the, the reveal is anywhere from three to five hours, depending. Mostly four hours is probably the average. Right, right. And there's only nine minutes of it on air. That's correct. So, yeah. Uh, again, we're talking yeah. with Steve Shalvey from the uh, Travel Channel's The Dead Files, which airs on Fridays at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Steve, um, you know, you've given me a lot of information yeah, I gotta, here. I got I to gotta correct you on that. We're actually on Thursdays now. Oh, Thursdays. I'm sorry. And we, we – yeah, no, no, no. It's fine. They keep – listen, it's not, never but anybody's fault that, that's a fan of the show because they've changed us from – Friday to Saturday, back to Friday, then even put us on Sunday for a little bit. Now we've been on Thursdays for the last, I guess, eight, nine months, ten months. But um, we are now airing on uh, Thursdays, but the new show starts July 11th, and it's going to be 9 p.m. Eastern time, not 10. 9 p.m. Okay. That's so a new, yeah, just so to give the fans an idea of what's going on. It's supposed to be June 13th for the season premiere. Uh, at 10 p.m., but then they changed it to July 11th, and it's going to be 9 p.m. So you got it there. Whether that's good or bad, we don't know. No, yeah. that's a good thing. It's a good. It's a good thing, my friend. Now, listen, you filmed over what 10 seasons already. Now you're headed into your 11th, just, right? If I'm not mistaken. No, we just. Yeah, we, we the 11th is being uh, aired in July 11th. We just finished filming that last week, uh, the last episode of uh, season 11. We're actually heading out next week to do. The beginning of season 12, two episodes, then we're going to shut down for about five weeks and then go back out and finish up season 12. Oh, wow. So you so guys are already ahead of a yeah. schedule there. Yeah, wow. So yeah. all these seasons that you've done, uh, let me ask you this. How long did it take you to realize how legit Amy was? I mean, she is spot oh, on I, with a lot of this information, huh? Yeah. I wouldn't have spotted the show if I didn't think she was legit. Yeah. I would have never even signed the papers. To, I would have never done it. If, if I thought she had... Any doubt of credibility, I would have never done the show. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Like how, I said, it's, it, it would, yeah, it's not worth it to me, but she's definitely 100% legit. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing how dead on she is um, when, when it comes to the things that she picks up and how it cooperates with a lot of the information that, of course, that you uh, research and you find out and you're uh, investigating as well. I've always wanted to ask you, you know, when you go to these locations and you do your, you know, investigating and you do your interviews of, you know, individuals, have you ever encountered a situation where you were not maybe so welcomed in an area, maybe because you were looking into a certain place or maybe into an event and people were kind of like uh, not so welcome about, you know, sharing information? Um, no, well, in a different context, um, some people like will will reach out to certain police departments and they, don't, they want nothing to do with talking to me about an open case or right. a case from the past. Or I'll co- talk to, I'll reach out to people that used to live in the home to find out if they had any experiences. You get shut down a lot with them. Or you, or you call the next of kin on somebody that was murdered or lived in the house and died. They'll shut you down. Right. Um, you know, it's stuff like that that's happened. Um, but the people that will talk to me are usually very helpful and very forthcoming with what they have to say. And, uh, you know, and that's what makes the show. Obviously, I want to obviously I want it from the horse's mouth. I would love to talk to the next kin or I would love to right. talk to a descendant. Right. Rather than a, than a historian or a gene- genealogist, obviously. But, you know, you can't you can't have everything. And, uh, you know, sometimes we get flack from next door neighbors. Like, what the hell are you doing here? You know, you're going to, you know, ruin our neighborhood, you know, that right. type of thing. Exactly, exactly. But, well, I get that, and I understand that completely. When Let me ask you this. Uh, when you interview these people, you know, in their homes or businesses, um, you know, you seem to get a lot of genuine feeling and pain and anguish that some of them are struggling through. Um, it's very apparent right. um, through the video. And um, out of all your cases, which one, after you interviewed that person, you felt like there was no doubt about whatever they told you, was completely 100% true. You mean as far as me believing the, the client? Yes. 100% truthful? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to answer. It's very tough. Um, well, the, the, the woman in Waxahachie, uh, Texas, um, who thought she, she wanted this house and it killed her, you know, she felt it killed her husband. Um, she was a heartbreaker and, I, you know, I, she could have told me the moon was green and I would have believed her. Right. right. Um, she, that's how genuine of a woman she was, and uh, yeah. you know stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's it's hard. You know, I don't believe anybody 100. percent I don't care who they are. Well, that's yeah, that's what I was you kind know, of alluding just, to because I'm sure your bullshit meter is probably pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got my, <laughs> you know, I just I don't believe anybody 100. percent And if right. and if you can't, uh, right. you know, it's just the nature of the beast. And right, 20 something years of being in law enforcement, it's just hard for me to buy into anything 100 percent. it's just not in my nature right. and it's usually for a good reason so yeah i get it i totally understand so yeah. um one of the uh steve one of the most uh, thrilling parts of the show is when you guys do the reveal of the sketch that amy described through the artist uh of the said person or entity that you know may be threatening the house or business those are pretty intense now um especially when she uh you know uh, you know describes them and describes what they're doing to these individuals um when you reveal these things has there been any of one of those that have actually stuck with you that have been like one of those that just like oh yeah i remember that one that one will stick with me for a long time um you know it's hard to say but there was the one in santa quinn uh utah mm-hmm. we did the leslie treehouse restaurant i think was the name of the place mm-hmm. 
and she saw something that looked like something out of a friggin' movie uh, that the, the sketch artist portrayed really well. Um, so that one always stuck with me. Okay, okay. A um, couple of times, uh, there's always been, you know, there's always that eerie effect, like it's something yeah. that could be out of a horror movie, but I, I can't pinpoint anything. But like that one in Santa Queen, Utah, uh, is definitely one example of... Uh, a sketch that I, I'll always remember. Yeah. Well, again, we're talking with Steve DeShelby from the Travel Channel's The Dead Files, which uh, will start airing July uh, July 11th, and that will be Thursday at 11. 9 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, please check that out then, uh, the season premiere. And um, another thing, Steve, I, I always see a reoccurring theme in a lot of these cases. Um, there's a lot of these couples that live in a place together, and it seems to be like there's always one of the two that seems to be like kind of stuck uh, on the house or obsessed with the house and maybe in some like almost in a unhealthy way, <laughs> almost to like almost to the detriment to their relationship. When you can and you turn those both around, do you see that like mo- almost like a double victory to you guys? I mean, I'm sure you guys do, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, um, a lot of times me and Amy will kid with each other and say, you know, we're, we're more marriage counselors at the time than we are you know, <laughs> doing what we do. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the family dynamics, a lot of it, you know, in my opinion, a lot of the stuff that's going on has nothing to do with the, the paranormal, but, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to us, it's always, you know, a good feeling either way. I mean, it's just uh, we can help on both ends. It's it's always nice. Yes, of course. Um, one thing, Steve, that I, um, I don't recall if it's ever been mentioned or <laughs> it's been talked about on the show but what is your stance on the paranormal prior to this show and then after doing this show? I mean, uh, they really know. Yeah, this is this is the big uh, misclaimer about me. I've never said I didn't believe in the paranormal. My entire, I never ever once said I didn't believe in the paranormal. Mm-hmm. I'm an op- I'm an open minded skeptic. My attitude about the paranormal has not changed, other than knowing that Amy's changed my outlook on the afterlife. Mm. That's the only thing, because you know, I was raised Roman Catholic, right? Yeah. Italian family, raised in New York. You raised this, you know, heaven, hell, and purgatory, right? Right, of course. And that's all you know. So when you're a kid, if you're you're not good, you're going to go to hell. If you're good, you go to heaven. Right. Whatever. Right. So for me, I'm I kind of lost my religion as I got older in life, and I'm more spiritual than I am religious, and I never really thought about it anymore, and then. You know, working with Amy, I'm like, well, Christ, now I got a whole new outlook on <laughs> what the hell happens to you after you die. Of course. Um, you know, do, you know, where am I going to go? Am I going to get stuck now? Am I going to be in, you know, my death state? <laughs> you know, stuff like that that you never thought of. So that kind of, that stuff has changed my outlook on things. Uh, but as far as the paranormal goes, I always believed that stuff happened. To the degree people stay, say it happens, that's a lot of bullshit. Right. Right. For most people, but you know, you know, because you know, the, the light bulb went out. All the demons, you know. <laughs> doesn't mean, yeah, you know, I've, I've had, yeah, yeah. Doesn't I've mean there's a ghost coming by, right? Know. Right. It means that the light bulb might be going out pretty yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, every little thing's uh, the paranormal. Oh, you're not going to believe what happened today. I saw this uh, floating orb, and like the house is a filthy mess. There's dust everywhere. <laughs> you know, maybe it's fat. Yeah, maybe clean up a little you know, bit, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> So I just kind of like, oh, <laughs> just go with the flow, but yeah, but that's you know I've never never not believed in the paranormal, and not because I'm working in Amy do I think any different other than 
how I feel about the afterlife. Yeah, no, that's so, that's great insight. I do appreciate that. And um, speaking of which, uh, you've done over what you said eleven seasons, doing twelve now. Um, out of all these seasons, Steve, I mean, which one of these episodes have stand? I mean, I'm sure there's probably a handful, but you know, what uh, out of those handful, maybe pick one that have made the biggest impression on you. It's hard to say an impression more than um, see from from my end of it. It's more about um, the families and the people that what they're going through. Like um, mm-hmm. not so much what I've encountered, or you know, but what they've encountered. Like that woman I was just talking about in Moxahatchee, Texas. Right. I'll never forget her. Mm-hmm. Um, she just she she just has a place in my heart, and she'll always be there. Uh, there was a family in Brownsville, uh, North Carolina, a Brown Summit, uh, North Carolina, who had a daughter that was special needs that was sobbed every day because she just wanted the paranormal there to take her and leave everybody alone. I mean, wow. it was just heartbreaking. Wow, yeah. You know, s- stuff like that. Like, then you get the, the Santa Fe prison episode that always sticks out in my head um, because that was, you know, I got to interview an inmate that was there when a riot happened. It was in there for murder. So I was kind of like back in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things like that stick out to me. Um, it's not so much um, location, but how I felt about the client or right. how I felt about the in- individual investigation. Like we did a case in, I think it was Oregon, Illinois. You know, it was a weird, one of those weird cities where it was named after a state. Right. Uh, the city. Uh, <laughs> um, but we you. did a case where there was an open homicide that the mayor of the guy was a former mayor of the town and owned this restaurant. And he insisted, all he spent all this money, had the body exhumed, and he insisted that he knew what happened. Hmm. So I kind of like, when during that, that case, I talked to a detective and we, we kind of went through the whole thing together and. Uh, at the end of the day, me and the detective came up with our own theory, and Amy actually agreed with my theory. Oh wow! And this guy was kind of pissed because he was like, "Well, I spent all this money, and I believe this." And so, in his head, no matter what, <laughs> so that 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 case kind of stuck out. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. And listen, you know, Steve, you've done such a great job on this show. I, I really want to thank you and congratulate you on your oh, I success. That. And man, yeah, listen, keep going with it. And one last thing, I know for a fact, you are a cigar connoisseur. I know because I seen I your am. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Please, what's your favorite? I want to know. Um, you see, it also depends on the mood I'm in. But my uh, go-to cigar that I always, always, always have in my humidor is. Probably my Royal Cubana series off. Nice. And I have it in usually the Maduro wrapper or a brown wrapper and, and the five, six, and seven inch sizes. Um, but in my 60 ring gauge, I like a big round cigar. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, my Gloria Cubana series off is probably my. They're a little bold, though. So if somebody's just learning how to smoke cigars, you're not going to want to smoke that one. No, no, you'll get <laughs> sick on those. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> Well, yeah. Steve, listen, thank you so much for coming on Dark Fringe Radio. Again, you can catch Steve on the Travel Channel's The Dead Files. It's going to be premiering on July 11th, Thursday at 9 o'clock p.m. Please make sure you check that out. And, uh, Steve, where can they find you on Instagram and anywhere else? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, and You know what? Lately, I've been kind of shying away from my uh, my Facebook page is full. I used to have a private image page, public image page, but I shut it down. Yeah. So I'm either on Twitter at Steve Deshavi or at on Instagram at uh, at Steve Deshavi. So 
you know, either way, um, you can get a hold of me. Very good. And, uh, I, you know, I, I interact mostly with fans on either Twitter or Instagram. Okay. Well, very good, Steve. I find, I find, yeah, I find Instagram to be a lot of fun, so that, that's where I'm mostly at. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, easier and interactive. Uh, but, yeah, listen, yeah. thanks yeah. so much for coming on the podcast, Steve. And, listen, thank you again, and have a great night. I appreciate you having me on, Will. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. All right, Dark Fringe Radio listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with uh, Mr. Steve DeShalvey of the Dead Files from Travel Channel. And uh, it was a great interview. And again, I thank you, Steve, for coming on the podcast. And hopefully we could have you on again in the future. So, uh, Jay, next thing on our list before we uh, leave and depart our listeners for tonight is a little segment we call What to Watch. And of course, Jay, you are the master, the maestro of What to Watch. Do you have anything for us this week for what you watch? I do. I actually have a very interesting one that caught me completely by surprise. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm not into all anime, but ones that are really good, I find really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a, a new show on Netflix called Baki. Mm. And it's basically about this 17-year-old who has won an underground martial arts tournament. Uh, and now he basically ends up in a different underground tournament where it's not it's not just underground it's uh, these these almost supernatural fighters uh, mm. can come out at any time against other martial artists and this uh, this kid Baki is like the number one hit list because he he won this prestigious tournament mm. uh, it is very graphic. The fight scenes are pretty entertaining. The backgrounds they set for them are funny. The the whole storyline as it goes, it's very entertaining. It, it, it's you know it's done in a in a weird style, even even for Japanese anime, um, mm-hmm. which usually my issue with the anime is the I don't know the overexposure, how they they overcommentate. But on in this one, it kind of fits the way they have the stories kind of woven into each scene to let you know how badass this one particular person is or what some of their background is or how they come to, to end up with some of these almost supernatural powers. Um, but if I'm honest, the funniest part of the whole thing is I started watching it with the subtitles on, yeah. thinking it was going to be all it was going to be all in Japanese. <laughs> no. But it's dubbed, so the audio is in English. Ah, okay. And the subtitles were English. Okay. <laughs> they were not telling the same story. <laughs> yeah, I hate that, man. I've seen so many movies that way, like what you're talking about, and the audio not matching up with what's written bugs the fuck out of me so much. See, I, I thought it was going to bug the fuck out of me, and maybe it was just because I had enjoyed some, uh, some Herbal Awakening. Yeah. But I was finding it enjoying. I was enjoying seeing the two different stories play out because it's not just that it didn't match up, but it was like kind of along the same lines. Right. Like it was not even close. It was not even close. <laughs> and it was fucking hysterical. Because I'm listening to I'm listening to what they're saying while reading these words, and what's like, oh, yeah. you know, I think you guys got the idea of of who you're messing with, and then on the subtitles it would say. You know, something along the lines of, you know, I'm not the one to fuck with. I'll kick your asshole through your mouth. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, those are two different things. Yeah, totally different things. And, and that's <laughs> that's a slight, just a slight example. Like there was there there was one where they're talking about, um, you know, this one yakuza boss and how he got the power of the yakuza. But in one, he's a, a yakuza boss. And then the other, it was just like a CEO of a, of a powerful financial building. Like it was really, it was, it's fucking, it was fucking hysterical. So <laughs> once I turn off the subtitles, I still enjoyed the, the the show. It's still funny as hell to watch. Like I said, the background that they go into, the artistry, the characters, it's got some of that goof that that anime just has that naturally goofy kind of like the faces and the sounds they make. Um, this one I think is really well done. The artistry is fantastic. Uh, even though a, there's some uh, incontinuity with the size of certain fighters from some scenes to the next, uh, or their their general build, and you know the next a little bit weird, but I still find it to be really well animated. The storyline is is really entertaining and intriguing, and then all the additional stuff on the background is just fantastic. So Baki on Netflix, everybody should watch it. It is fucking hilarious. Awesome. Okay, that's a great suggestion, uh, Jay. Um, and uh, this week, I'm going to suggest, of course, uh, because of our guest this week, uh, The Dead Files on the Travel Channel. Uh, you heard all about it um, earlier in the interview. Uh, of course, uh, it's a great show. It's been on for 10 seasons. I, I think, uh, personally, Jay, you know, when we talk about paranormal investigations, I think the way they do it is the proper way to do it. Uh, I think um, having an individual such as Steve who is, uh, you know, uh, completely, uh, you know, atypical-minded where, you know, he is doing the investigation, he's doing all the paperwork, he's doing all the research, he's finding out about the, the history of the building, who built it, when was it built, who died there, uh, medical records, all this, you know, this, you know, hard stuff that you actually have to go through, this material. Uh, and then you have a completely different person in Amy Allen, who uh, is a medium and is able to uh, pick up on a lot of different things and uh, that's happened in the house, whether it's somebody who's died or some type of negative energy that uh, may be lurking there as well. So I believe uh, personally that uh, way of investigating is probably the most authentic and maybe proper way to do an investigation uh, because you have two different individuals who have completely different mindsets, you know, going in uh, to the investigation part and, um, you know, being able to, take out a lot of information from what they're able to uh you know come up with so uh to me jay it's probably one of the most you know premier uh you know paranormal shows on television uh just because of the uniqueness of how they do their investigation uh so i definitely um you know urge everybody to check that out on the travel channel uh check out the dead files so that's it for this week jay anything else to add for the outro that's it we appreciate everybody for listening uh we appreciate everybody's continued and growing support. Keep the, the letters coming in for the mailbag, letting us know questions, comments, uh, being part of the conversation. This is this is what we do. We're all about awakening everybody's mind uh, to being open to new and different ideas, seeing what can be different because the more we communicate, the more we understand each other, the better society will be, and ultimately that's what we're looking for. Absolutely. And another thing I wanted to mention uh, before we leave for this week is our website. Uh, we just revamped our website, uh, Jay, and uh, we've uh, made it look very professional. Uh, it's starting to really shape up, and uh, it's a completely revamping of what it looked like before. But you can check us out at 
darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. Again, that's darkfringeradio.wordpress.com. And you follow us there. Uh, check out our website. Uh, there's a lot of information there. You can see where you can, there's links to every uh, different avenue for our podcast to listen to. So it has all the links there, Jay, for Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, iTunes. All It's all there, Jay. So when somebody goes to our website, uh, they can just go there and, you know, just go down to where it says, you know, click the you know link to listen and it takes you right to the podcast to whatever which one you choose so uh, make sure you guys utilize that and uh, we hope uh, you know you guys enjoy enjoy that website and please uh, make sure you do check that out so uh, that's it for this week Jay for uh, Dark Fringe Radio again I am Will Martinez for Jay Galosi we'll see you again next week of this was new concentrating hard like a little girl Smoking for the first time It wasn't a moment It was a feeling of moving back I've had nothing like it since And oh Where did it, where did it go? Bro.